You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome or welcome back to another episode of Black Hair in the Big Leagues. I'm your host, Salisha Thomas, still in parentheses, Weiss, I'm trying to figure that out. Um, but I am so excited because my guest today, uh, y'all, I knew who she was before I knew who she was. <laughs> How about that? Let's let's start there. Let's see here. What do we got? Um, I I know her as a writer first. She's the woman who wrote Schoolgirls, the African Mean Girls play, Nollywood. Um, she's a playwright with Manhattan Theater Club and Atlanta Theater Company, and a resident playwright at Lincoln Center. Come on, okay. She adapted Merry Wives for The Shakespeare in the Park, which was turned into a documentary on HBO Max. Come on, casual, casual. She wrote the upcoming Goddess musical starring Amber Iman, who has also been on this show. Um, she's been nominated and have won numerous awards for her work. But y'all, get this. She's also an actor. She's done plenty of off-Broadway and was on Broadway, OBC, in The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime, which I saw okay and let's not forget she's recently she just recently got married to her love in new york city y'all please help me welcome this ohio state and columbia university grad the one the only jocelyn bio welcome thank you for that beautiful intro appreciate it i mean it's all you how are you today i'm good i'm good i'm hanging in there i'm busy as always but I'm I'm doing good. You are always busy and it's I'm like so honored that you had any kind of time to write me back and to come on here today. I am truly honored, Jocelyn. Thank you. When I was okay, where do I even start? First of all, a couple of things. When I was getting my wedding dress fitted at John Christensen and yes. they were like, "Do you know Jocelyn?" Uh, blah blah blah. I'm like, no, I don't know Jocelyn, but I wish I knew Jocelyn. They're like, we're doing, we're doing her dress and everything that we're geeking out about you and so in love with you. And I felt like I got to fall in love with you through their eyes. Oh, bless it. That's so sweet. They were so great. I mean, you know, as you, as you've just now kind of probably come down from planning a wedding and all of the things is like, so crazy and it's crazy um you know I also had a dual culture wedding because my parents are from Ghana and West Africa 
So I wanted to have like um, an acknowledgement of like a traditional Ghanaian, you know, ceremony as well. So they were also building that dress for me as well. So I was there a lot. You look um, so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. No, it was great. They were great. Highly recommend. Um, and yeah, and and they really took good care of me, which I think is all you really want or need when you're a bride. You know, you just want to feel like taken care of. Yeah. It's, I think yeah. it's like such an emotional time that it's just like, let me just feel like I matter to these companies and you're not just numbers, especially in New York. I feel like everybody just wants their coin. They do. They really oh do. My God. Um, and they want a lot of your coin. They want any coin you have. Um, <laughs> right. So, yeah. So, but I didn't feel like that with John Christensen. I'm like, oh, I freaking love them. Okay. And then also just give me a second to just also geek out about you since I have you on the line. Okay. So I went um, around the time when I moved to New York, I saw, oh. girl, you are in my playbill. <laughs> I, I went to look for it right before this interview. I was like, oh my goodness. And then also how many times have my agents sent me in for, oh yes, of and course. I didn't know. Like I'm, I knew I saw your name, but then your name has been thrown around the Broadway community in New York city so much and like connecting the dots. I'm like, I've heard now I'm like, oh, this is the same woman as this. And yeah. it's, it's all coming full circle. It's interesting because like, there's some people who like, as you mentioned before, you kind of knew me as a writer first and then retroactively realized like, oh, wait, actually, you know, engaged in her as an actress at some point too. Right. Kind of a little bit of both. I mean, I've, I've, I've been acting and writing kind of in tandem since college. Um, but when I went to graduate school, I got into Columbia's um, MFA playwriting program. Congrats. Thank you. Come on. And I just um, thought, well, let me roll the dice here. I'll put the acting on the side for a second. If I really want to figure out how to be um, a playwright and figure out what my voice is, um, let me really devote that time, you know, to that. Uh, and when I got out of school, um, I was still not quite sure of my voice as a writer, if I'm being honest. It was still not where it is, where it lives now today, solidly and who, you know, who I am and what I, the people I want to write about. Um, so I jumped back into auditioning and acting and kind of was just writing on the side while I was auditioning and, and you know, um, in some very lucky instances, getting cast and stuff. So uh, once I left Curious Incident, which was probably the last major, um, no, that's a lie. But it, it, it when I left Curious Incident was- What when was I the last major one? The last major show I did was in 2017, which was actually at the same time that we were rehearsing Schoolgirls. I did a play at the Signature Theater, um, the revival of Susan Laurie Parks' play in the blood. Um, we were rehearsing Schoolgirls at the same time. It that was, is so wild. It was insane. I've, I don't recommend. Oh my uh, gosh. I know people think like, oh, superhero boss. I'm like, no, it was wild. Um, oh. Yeah, we had like a three week overlap where I was rehearsing all day, rewriting schoolgirls, even in my dressing room. There's like a great picture of me in my dressing room, in my costume, waiting to go on. And I'm doing rewrites of schoolgirls. Oh. It was nuts. Um, 
but I, I really wanted to do the play. And I think it was a good moment for me to prove to people, like, I'm not giving up one thing for the other. I plan to do both. Mm. Um, and uh, I just didn't know that schoolgirls would be- Pop off? Yeah, I didn't know. I had no, I did not anticipate that at all. At was all. it hard to get it in the canon or did it just flow? How did- you know, the initial draft of Schoolgirls kind of just really came out. Um, it wasn't, it didn't feel hard to write. I, I was so familiar with the world. I knew exactly what I wanted to write about. I went to boarding school. My mother went to the boarding school. Did that, you do pageants? I never did pageants. So no, I, I had no interest in pageants. I just, found, <laughs> I found the story of this, you know, girl who, um, this woman that they had brought over to Ghana back in like 2011 and um, she was American born, but she was biracial. Um, her father was from Ghana. Her mother was white American N and they brought her over to Ghana to compete. Yeah, Erica Nago. Nago. Um, yeah, and um, and it was like a scandal, but like only in like Ghanaian news, you know, <laughs> was it like a worldwide, you know, scandal, but it just felt like, oh, what a great, way to kind of like introduce how colorism you know works uh in this world because I yeah. knew that was a central um kind of theme of my story and being able to just do it so plainly with a pageant felt really smart um it is smart it's because that's <laughs> a hard conversation to have yeah yeah that needs to still like happen exactly and I didn't want to have a preachy show um that the word colorism is not even in the play like it's not even mentioned um and I think because it I wanted it to feel very obvious to people like what implicit bias looks like how people just assume you know one thing or the other by just looking at someone seeing someone yeah um and kind of like learning from that and but it was also important to make her character not um super tragic or anything like that either that she was more alike that these two girls were more alike than they were different even if they looked different and um yeah I just I didn't know people would connect with the play people I didn't expect to connect with the play I didn't know that they would connect with it so Jocelyn. much it's really been quite a journey for me <laughs> okay like so wait what do you like better acting Right. I, I I don't know. I, I don't know that I have an answer to that. Um, I love both. I think one informs the other. I think my work as an actress um, really helps me understand how to craft character um, as a playwright. And um, I love diving into a role as an actor and, you know, seeing where the character goes and grows. Um, and I also love creating worlds as a writer. Um, so I don't know that I have. <laughs> well, wait, 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 what about this? Do you still walk into audition rooms? I do, actually. And yes. what do they say I'm... behind the table? If I was behind the table and you walked into my audition room, I'd be like, um. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think my audition still feel very much the same. I mean. You know, I look uh, as someone who is on the other side of the table now. I, yeah. As we're you know recording this, I'm in an audition process for three different shows, which is so insane. Don't recommend that either. Oh, <laughs> but, um, I'm in a I'm in a rehearsal process for a production of Schoolgirls happening in in London. Um, I'm in a process for Goddess, 
and I'm in a process for my new play that's debuting on Broadway in the fall. Um, and can uh, you say what it is? Yeah, it's or... called. Yeah, yeah, it's announced. Um, it's called Jaja's African Hair Braiding. Oh, I did mm-hmm. see about that, but I wasn't sure. It's it's upcoming. Yeah, it's coming in the fall. Um, it's happening. This it's previews. I think start in September. Um, and we open at the beginning of October at MTC um, on Broadway, which is very exciting for me. Um, but I will dreams. say this, like for every actor who's like, you know, listening, like I, every person who walks in, we want them to be the person. That is actually true. I know people say that. <laughs> I, I, people used to say that to me all the time. Yeah. Of when I would audition, we are dying for that person to be the person um and it's sad when they're not you kind of know by the end of their audition it's not going to be them but you pray every single time like so like squint eyes squeeze closed like hands want them to be the one um that is really true so I think when I'm walking into an audition room now, I'm just trying to come in as prepared, um, as solid as possible, still leaving room for uh, to get a note so I can be flexible to maybe shift how I've interpreted the character and kind of hope for the best. But um, hope for the best. But preparation is key. So, and sometimes you see people you know, where you're like, wow, these are two fantastic actresses. How can we choose? Um, and I think we hear that a lot, right? Like, oh, they thought you were great, but they decided to go a different way. Being on the other side of the table, what do you do? You just, you, I mean, well, first of all, it's not always just you, you know, you're also, it's it's usually 10 people who kind right. of have to agree. Um, it's producers, it's it's artistic staff, it's casting, it's your director. Um, there's a lot of people who all have to agree. And sometimes there's maybe one little thing that will tip the scale someone someone else's way. But you everyone is also like in turmoil about it because <laughs> you know, you like both of them are great. Right. Both of them are great. What do right. we um, and I'm maybe, like so curious. Does it come down to you? Do you ever call anybody on their resume and be like, "What was it like to work with them?" Do you have you ever done that? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Are you joking? Yes, I am queen. I I like my my nickname <laughs> in all of my creative teams is Jocelyn Bio Investigative Services. So oh, I, get out of here! I do vibe checks on every single person who we are interested in before any offer goes out. I do a vibe check. Not investigative come. services. Listen, I'm on the scene. Shut it's up. guy that has nothing on me, okay? I, Get I out. am murder she wrote. I am everything. I am Get everything. out. Like, but it's important, you know? I mean, like, Yes. You're, you know, you're in a rehearsal process right now. You know what it's like. I mean, not I'm not suggesting this, but you've been in several rehearsal processes. Mm-hmm. I know what it's like when there's someone who comes into the room and sucks all the energy out yep. of whatever they're going through. Yep. Their own insecurities, their own, you know, ideologies, their own wanting control, whatever it is, their own, you know, just level of trauma. You know, there's a lot yeah. of trauma involved in this business. 
and they come into a room and they just suck the life out of it because all of their stuff yeah that has nothing to do with their talent sometimes they're the most talented people however we can't Uh -uh. do two things in a rehearsal process Uh -uh. we can't your trauma we can't aid your anxiety and also rehearse and create a great show we can't do both and sometimes you got to choose one and maybe it's about just doing a great, making a great show. Um, oh, Jocelyn. I wish more people understood that, um, but they don't. They don't. Right. I, I continue to learn that they don't. That is so wild. And especially since we all know it's a relationship business yeah, and is. still some people still will come in and be the bad apple and know that they're the bad apple. Yeah, yeah. And kind of thrive on it in a weird way. And you're like, okay, <laughs> what are we, well, what are we supposed to do? You know? Um, okay. Yeah. And I'm just really not interested in that. Um, life is short, but a rehearsal can feel long. And I don't want to deal with that. And I don't know many people who do. So yes, absolutely. <laughs> I absolutely do vibe check. I don't know if everybody else does, but I am queen investigator. I mean, I, I feel like it's necessary and it makes a difference when you end up in the room and everybody's like, oh, this is not a toxic environment. Yes, I can be does. here forever instead of trying to get to the next show already. Does. Yeah, it really does. So, okay, can I ask you something else? Yeah. When you go into the room as Jocelyn the actor, do you change your hair to match your headshot or to kind of um look like the character or do you just say f everybody this is what I look like today? No. I I I this is what I look like today. Um I think maybe earlier on, maybe early career I did try as best I could to always like make sure everything matched. Um and I think as I started, well, first of all, getting older and just didn't have time for that. Right. Um, also had an understanding that, look, I'm a Black woman. Almost every play um, or a project that I've been involved in, I'm, I'm wigged or, you know, something's going to happen or change with my hair. Um, I am an actor. I am a writer. I'm not a costume designer. Come on. <laughs> I'm not a makeup designer. Oh my gosh. So if I don't have the juice but why are you a comedian though (laughs) (laughs) i mean if i don't have the costume to exactly fit into whatever this world is then like you know sure if it's the character where they're like she always wears a dress well sure i'll wear a dress okay but like i'm not gonna like come in full 1960s guard shut up good night (laughs) for whatever show I'm just not going to do that. And what did I you, what? I don't think it's necessary to. I don't think it's necessary to. We're looking for the talent. We're looking for the talent. Amen. Yeah. What did you do with your hair during the pandemic? Did you uh, touch it? Did you pay attention to it? Did you forget it? Like, what was I, your... No, I, um, I've always had braids almost all my life. I've just, kind of almost always had braids. And probably the longest period of time I did not have braids was when I did Curious Incident. Right, because your headshot, you've got a cute little... Yes, I did. I had my natural hair out and I was, I think I was just trying something new at the time. And then they kind of liked the look and I was like, okay, I'll keep it. Um, But I have 
almost always had braids and know how to do my own braids, know how to like, you know, redo them or whatever. So when the pandemic happened, I was just redoing them myself. Now you these did. Uh-uh. I did not do these. My my hair braiding lady did. Okay, I'm about but, to say, Jocelyn, if you did your own hair right now, you about to have a line out the door. I know. <laughs> no, but for the most part, I have I for the last like three years, I have been doing my own braids. Yeah, your braids look great right now. I wish Thank I could see you, you when you did them yourself because I'm like, because yeah. yeah. it looks good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and and I just wanted something easy. I wanted to keep something manageable. I didn't want to have to be worried about my hair. I was still, you know, blessed and lucky enough to be working the whole pandemic. Um, I was, it is a blessing. Yeah. I was writing on, um, two different TV shows. Which shows? Um, one just came out. It's called tiny, beautiful things. It's on Hulu. Um, it just dropped. So that's very exciting. Um, another one is still being, it's being filmed now. Um, but it's actually a Star Wars <laughs> series, randomly. I'm sorry, what? Um, I know, called The Acolytes. Um, and I was working on that for most of the pandemic as well. On top of writing um, the initial draft of the Once on this Island film, which I'm I'm adapting as well. That is incredible. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know if I knew. I think I heard about you doing the Once on this Island and completely forgot that you're a part of that. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm writing the script for the film adaptation. So, so I just need to know, like, childhood Jocelyn, did she have any idea that she would be making art and work that would like be bigger than her? Um, you know, in a, I would say yes and no. Yes, because I, anyone in my family, any one of my friends will tell you that I, I loved performing. My entry point was dance. I loved, I loved dance. I thought I would be a dancer. Um, I only gave it up like officially, like in 2010. Um, and I just, I just, it was my entry point to musical theater, to plays, to um, play writing. You know, it was, it was all kind of like a, you know, domino effect. Um, so yes, I think I always knew I was going to perform. Wow. What I didn't know was how it was going to play out. I didn't right. realize like those little stories I would make up when I was five about, you know, princes and princesses and a castle and, you know, going to a royal ball. It was always something like that. I always made up stories like that. Um, I didn't know that I was, that was my, the early form of me storytelling. Um, and only in hindsight do I realize like, oh, I was like making up stories. And Where are you from? I'm born and raised in New York. I was born and raised in Washington Heights um, and lived there up until only a couple of years ago. And now I live in, Har- I moved downtown to Harlem. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, Come on downtown yeah, to Harlem. Know, that is. For people who live uptown, for people who grew up uptown, you know, I grew like my whole life was 174th and Broadway. So that's down the street um, from me right now. Okay, yeah. And that was like that was my neighborhood. Um and uh, uh and we were also like, you know, it's obviously a heavily, you know, Latin neighborhood. 
So we were like kind of the lone, you know, African family right. <laughs> um, in a mostly Dominican and Puerto Rican neighborhood too. So um, I I feel like I had a very eclectic kind of upbringing as well, having like an African home and, and Ghanaian culture in the house. Um, and then I would leave and go to school and be with a bunch of my Dominican friends and like, you know, lightly speaking and understanding Spanish, you know, even better than my own parents' native tongue. Um, wow. going to school and going to, you know, dance uh, classes and stuff like that with people who were from, you know, Inwood, Washington Heights, Harlem, you know, all in one. So I feel I like very eclectic upbringing. Yeah. You to me, because I'm from California and I'm like from a small town ish from okay. California. And whenever like I did a show in L.A. or, you know, in Orange County or even in the Bay Area, if somebody was like, from new york it was always like oh my god like you lived in new york like wow you're big time and you know i I, i'm obviously here in new york now and i still feel that way a little bit like especially for people who are born and raised here in new york i feel like there's something different in your blood and and it's the way i don't know there's just something about this city and i i'm not surprised that do you know like you you grew up around a culture of oh we're going to be successful you know and and that's I mean I love that I love that that's like an ideology too um that people have about New Yorkers it's not the first time I've heard that I've heard that before and I think that maybe there's just like a kind of um in ingrained like hustle culture you know yeah you know like I'm I didn't come from a family of means you know both my parents were like super working class like we were kind of always just you know paycheck to paycheck like dollar to dollar you know um and so it's ironic that I grew up in a a city that's like the epicenter of theater that you know Broadway was just you know short train ride away but I never got to see a Broadway show I didn't I didn't I, I did when you know, some program I was in, you know, paid for it or something like that. And um, now you're literally writing broad like <laughs> so, so it wasn't, it wasn't, I didn't have the access, you know, to it in the way that um I I maybe wished I would have. It was, it was, it all still felt very far and foreign to me. So my world was really just about creating around the world and within the means that I had. Um And that's what feels like kind of wild, you know? (laughs) Do you know what I really admire about you, like talking to you right now? Oh. Well, it's, you know, we're talking about all these things that you've done and that you're doing. And it feels like empowering to watch you just really like own it and to sit in like, yeah and not in a not in a cocky way at all just very like you own who you are and your contribution to the industry and i think that is so powerful as a black person as a woman like it's and for me it's so easy to be like oh no no i didn't you know i'm okay oh yeah this like like how different that must feel to be like, no, yeah, no, I, yes, this is who I am. And 
Well, I'm, I, I, I thank you for saying that. I do appreciate that. Um, I think I would maybe feel um, uh, differently about it if I didn't um, have an understanding of how hard I worked. Um, yeah. Nothing about my journey, nothing about um, any of the things that people would deem, any of my accomplishments that people would deem as like markers of success came easy. Um, it feels maybe like it did because, you know, nobody's paying attention to like the rough edges that you're going through over years and years. Right. Nobody, nobody's clued into the, you know, nearly f four years where I was unemployed and wasn't working as an actor or a writer. You know, I was mm. doing coat check and handing out flyers in Times Square and working at Maitre D at every restaurant, you know, you can think of. No one's clued into those, right. those years, you know, they only are clued into like when I booked the thing or when mm -hmm. a play got, you know, produced somewhere. Um, but I am, I'm acutely aware of what that journey was, how hard I've worked, how hard I continue to work. The hustle changes, you know, even when you have perceived success, it just changes and shifts in a different way. There's plenty of things that I want to do and I'm trying to do career-wise that are still really tough, you know, are still really hard for me to break through. Um, Wait, that's I, kind of exciting though, because you've already yeah. done so much. You're like, you have something else to work towards. Like, it was, you know, it was so odd. Like, I mean, for years and years, like when I got out of grad school, my whole goal was like Broadway. I had a vision board. I was like, I'm going to get to Broadway particularly as an actor. I was like, I want to be on Broadway. I got to get to Broadway. And then when I got, got that there. accomplishment and I was, I spent a year, it was a glorious like 14 months with Curious Incident. And when I decided to leave the show, I was like, well, now what? Now what? I had got this thing that I had been working for for so long. Like now what? And I, that was, you know, where I really had to like lean into my faith, really ask God to like order my steps. Let me, you know, reveal to me what this next thing is because I, I don't feel done. You know, I'm, I'm not, done. and um, after, I did have to kind of take a leap on faith and really decide, like, okay, well, if I really want to try my hand at being a known writer, a known playwright, then maybe this is the time I should take to devote to that, and that's what I did. I wrote Schoolgirls when I left Curious Incident. And yeah. the rest is freaking history. <laughs> and your story is still being written. It's your still story. being written. Yes. Yeah. And okay. What about, and I know I'm going to let you go soon, but all the things that you're doing and you found love and just had this glorious wedding. How do you balance? How do you balance your boo and <laughs> your work? I, um, I don't know. <laughs> I think when it's work time, it's work time and I'm very serious and I set aside that time and, you know, really carve out the five, six hours I need to be on Zooms, to write scripts, to do whatever I need to do. And then when it's, when I close that laptop for the day, I, you know, spend time with my family. I spend time with my husband. I mean, I really enjoy, you know, being social too. Like I enjoy going to see shows. I enjoy going out to dinner. 
we go to basketball games, we go to all that stuff. And, and I really um, do my best to really make sure that that carved out time for me and um, my family and my friends is really carved out time that it's, I'm not like also on my phone doing work. Mm. Doing um, and I feel like that's important for people to get. It's, it's, you know, um, that my work and what I do is part of my day. It's not my whole day. Um, and I wish more people, especially in our business would have an understanding of like our personal lives, our friendships, our family, um, is super important that what we do in our business is not, it's not our whole life. It's part of our life. It's, it's the thing that, you know, the employment that gives us the money to live the life we want to live with our friends and our family. Um, Jocelyn, and that is what I needed to hear. Because right now I am swinging 12 roles in this show and I am underwater. And work ends when I physically can't keep my eyes open. At, like when I come home at night, I'm like, I have to, I have to keep studying. I know what I mean. Look, you're, you're doing also like crazy work and you're in, in a process right now. So of course, acknowledge, you know, you're in a process, but when you have a day off, like maybe you take that day off, take the day off to actually just be with your family, be with your friends, spend time with the people, you know, who love you um, and who understand that this process is only for right now. Yes. Forever. You know, it's not forever. Yeah. Tech is not, for, we're not in tech yet, but tech is not forever. It is not. It feels like forever. It does. It does. <laughs> it feels like forever, but then it's not. And everyone can be patient with you and know that this particular time frame is going to be nuts. And then after that, it'll be fine. Um, and that's, that's, that's the, the key here. So I, I do my best. I can't always say I'm successful, but I do my best. And um Thankfully, the people who know and love me um, understand that. Have you always been this confident? I know that I know that we we're just talking about other things right now, but like just as a human, have you always been confident? Um, yes and no. Yes, in that. Um, well, no, in that like that is an active practice, and some days you're really you feel really great at right. it. Some days you are like, nope. It's not there. Who am I? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've heard too many no's in succession and I'm feeling like, what, it, uh, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, in that, like, I know that this is what I was put on earth to do. I know this was the job. This was the intent. This is what God ordained my life to be. And I have to be confident in that gift. And that's a purpose. That's what I'm hearing. Very important. It's very important. If you have a talent um, in writing, in acting, in composing music, in directing, in creating sets and costumes, hair design, whatever it is, that is a gift. That is a gift that you have been given that God's like, you are going to be amazing at this keep working at it, keep praying for me to like help guide you through the process. Like 
that's a gift. Some people don't get that gift. Some people's gift is just, you know, um, having magic with their hands and being a surgeon or being, you know, a great orator and they become a lawyer or something like that, or really wanting to fight for people and they become a politician. Whatever that gift is, like acknowledge what that gift is, keep working hard at it. And understand that that is your purpose. That is what you were put on this earth to do. And so you have to be confident in your gift. If I, you know, wanted to be a chef or something like that, I mean, I'm a decent cook. Okay. I'm a decent cook. Okay. (laughs) If I wanted to be a chef, you know, like, I don't know that that's what I was put on earth to do. So I would maybe not as confident about that because that's not what I was really supposed to be doing here I know I'm supposed to be creating stories and sharing stories and uplifting black people on stage and on screen I know that's what I'm supposed to be doing so I have to be confident in that gift you know what I thank God for you you (laughs) are changing the world and whether you realize it or not and the gifts that you have you are using and you're even speaking into me right now and It's just, it's enlightening, it's empowering, it's encouraging, it's inspiring. You are those things. Thank you. Bless you. Thank you. You are blessed. You have blessed me. Bless you. God bless you. (laughs) I am so grateful that you set aside time to come on here today. Before I let you go, is there anything else that you're like, oh, I'm excited about this or grateful for this or anything else that you'd like to share? Yeah, I think there's, you know, the one thing that's like super important to me right now, maybe because we're really in a process of it, but we, you know, me and a few other um, people, um, lovely Black women who work in the business as well, kind of joined together about four years ago to create Black Women on Broadway. Um, oh, yeah. Which is an organization um, that like uh, serves to um, host like free, completely free mentorship and fellowship events. Um, and one of our things is a flagship event that we're trying to really kick up off the ground, which is um, a an annual Black Women on Broadway Awards celebration. Um, and it's kind of similar to like Essence, you know, Black Women in Hollywood. Heck yes. For the Broadway, Black women, you know, Broadway community. Um, and we, we had our first event, we had our first celebration last year, which was a success. And, you know, we, we were, and we're in the midst of planning the second one and, you know, to keep, we want that every woman from every season, every black woman who's involved in each season has an event that they can, you know, come to during the award season and to acknowledge their work. Of course, fundraising and doing all of that stuff takes, it takes so much time. And energy. Yes. And energy, you know. And this year, um, you know, we've been keeping track because, like, you know, we're also just like type A queens. <laughs> but we've been keeping track of every single Black woman who's been in every single show, both on and off Broadway. Um, That's a lot, Jocelyn. I know. And it's nearly 400 women this year. Oh, my God. Um, and, of course, we will not have the budget for, you know, this. It's, it's still a early, it's still a very... Um, it's so early it's in inception, inception of the event. So we will not be able to get the budget to invite all 400 women. But the goal is, of course, to be able to have, you know, five years from now, we're like all, you know, four or 500, a thousand, you know, if, if that's how many people have been on 
um, on and off Broadway that season to be there as well. And so I just encourage people to like check out our, you know, um, Instagram and our website, which are each Black Women on Broadway um, and to, you know, want to get involved and to just be aware of like the different things that we're doing. It's not just that event. We have mentorship things. We've taught workshops. We have um, mixers. Um, we're doing um, round tables with different people in the business. Um, so we're getting off the ground, you know, but uh, I, I, I encourage people to, you know, support the is website. and So cool. Yeah. And I heard about the one last year. I'm like, that looks so awesome. <laughs> so like the way to create a community within a community, but carved out for, for, for us. And it's about growth and it's about growth and it's about support. And I think more people who know about the organization and maybe have friends or people or know of like someone who would be a great sponsor for us, who would be able to, you know, donate money or whatever, um, the case, like, that's why I think it's, in, I'm encouraging people to do that. And we also, every day, you know, um, highlight different Black women in, in different facets of the industry. These are not just actors where these are stage managers. Like, yeah, you know, I've seen uh, you do that. Yeah, set, set designers, whatever. We we highlight them, you know, nearly every day on our, on our page. Um, just to encourage people to think that, like, Black women on Broadway is not just like about actors, you know, it's about everyone, everyone yeah. who makes up um, and creates New York theater. Um, and so I just wanted to make sure I shouted that out because I'm, of course, talking to a beautiful Black woman who is on Broadway right now. <laughs> Finally, and, uh, it's been a long pandemic. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, and so I wanted to make sure I shared that too, because we're, we're very passionate about it. And I'm in the thick of things right now um, with, with helping to organize this year's event. So when is it this year? Um, this year it's going to be on June 5th. Um, Before the Tonys. Yes. It's always going to be, we're always going to shoot to aim, aim before the Tonys. We honor three women at um, the event every year, but it's also important that we're in community with the other women who are part yeah. of the as well. And so again, our goal is to like, I'm a, everybody come you know person so the fact that like um we're we're stopped by like money and right it's so frustrating right but right. our goal is to increase last year we had 85 you know um, that's great that's great right off Broadway our hope is to obviously increase that number so um just you know pray for me that we go get some of these more um sponsors so we can get a bigger venue and invite more people and and continue absolutely to Absolutely. And if you need a set of volunteer hands, I'll be around. Bless you. Bless you. Of course. Yes. Cause you're going to be so free. <laughs> your 12 swing rolls. <laughs> Hopefully I won't be a crazy person by then, but like, I love doing stuff in the industry. I'm like, I, that's my favorite part about Broadway is just like being in a show so I can, Oh, I know what's going on. Okay. What are people talking about? Like, it's my favorite thing. So I mean, if I'm not crazy, I would love, you know, if you need a volunteer. So, of course, of course. Um, Jocelyn, thank you so much. And how, also, how can people find you? How can they follow you? I am on the socials. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter um, at JJBIOH. Um, that, that is like my handle for everything. Um, and yeah, I, I, for the most part, you know, I like posting funny stuff. You know? <laughs> I'm a comedian. So. But you are, though. <laughs> um, so, yeah, everyone can find me on there.
you have really brightened my whole spirit and touched my heart. And I mean, I couldn't ask for a better day off in this moment. Thank <laughs> well, you. Enjoy your day off. I will. Enjoy it. Yes. I, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for coming on Black Hair in the Big Leagues. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. And that wraps another episode of Black Hair in the Big League. Y'all, I'm so honored to have such great guests on this show. And if there's somebody who you want to listen to, please drop me a note on my Instagram at Salisha Thomas or at Black Hair Podcast and slip into those DMs and let me know what you want to hear, who you want to hear from. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast, rate it, leave a review, tell a friend, follow us on Patreon at Black Hair in the Big Leagues. Y'all, I am so grateful that you are part of this community. It would not be the same without you. <laughs> Shout out to Wilton Music for producing my theme song, Love CFD. Shout out to Colin Tabor for editing this episode and most of these episodes. And shout out to you for listening. Y'all, my heart is so big and I feel so grateful. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Black Hair in the Big Leagues. I'm your host, Alicia Thomas. See you next week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.